0: Get your news in less than three minutes, three times per day, with the Al Jazeera news updates. Just ask your home device to Play the News by Al Jazeera, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So, Donna, where are we?
1: Where are any of us, really? Uh, We're in the parking lot at the Ontario Science Centre.
0: It is a cold-ass January Saturday afternoon.
1: Not that, not actually that cold as far as January, Saturday afternoons go, but no, it's unpleasant.
0: It's unpleasant. And I hear you either have to line up for a shuttle bus here or walk up a hill at the end.
1: The, uh, the science center, the entire science center is largely built into maybe three or four main buildings on different sort of tiers of the Don Valley ravine. And whereas since it opened, you, you typically start at the main entrance on ground level and, you know, with the max Theater is. And then you'd go in and walk across a bridge and then down. You basically gradually work your way down to some sort of, I don't know, maybe like Heart of Darkness type metaphor. Now, instead, you still go in the front, but cannot progress any further and are shuttled down to the bottom and start at the bottom and gradually work your way. See how far up you can go.
0: That's because they aren't paying to fix the bridge. The pedestrian walkway that used to conjoin these two facilities is been out of order for at least, Quite some a, time. yeah, I think over a year now. But guess what? That doesn't matter because Doug Ford is closing this science center, moving it somewhere else with, um, as we'll get to in this episode, political motivations and maybe just absolutely no desire to keep anything running
1: (laughs) It's one of these vestiges of an era when Ontario built things. We've talked about Ontario plays, we've talked about TVO, and the very idea of an Ontario public institution that is meant as a not just a public benefit but something that the province doesn't need to have but is better off for having and everyone here is better off for having it
0: but have you considered that this parking lot could probably fit a few condo buildings on it? That's the type of innovative thinking they they need to be teaching children on their field trips. <laughs> I'm Alison Smith, publisher of Queen's Park Today, and when it comes to science, I don't believe in the periodic table.
1: I'm Jonathan Goldsby, news editor at Candleland, and in grade 7, my science classroom had baby squirrels in it. And they are supposed to be there. They were actually being fostered by the science teacher, and she had to, like a little bottle hand feed them, and it was the cutest imaginable thing. So yeah, science. Pretty cool.
0: And this is Wag the Doug, a monthly podcast about Doug Ford.
1: I haven't been here in at least 20 years. How about you, Allison?
0: Yeah, same. I definitely came a lot when I was a kid too, but it's been a while.
1: It's going to be it's going to be interesting and sort of tricky to parse what is different and what's gone downhill or what's just simply different than we remember because we are now fully grown humans. We never really went on family vacations anywhere in my family ever really, but we always had annual passes or memberships to Canada's Wonderland, the Toronto Zoo, Ontario Place, and the Ontario Science Centre. And so this, uh, they occupied a disproportionate space in my childhood, childhood imagination about uh, sort of what the wonders, the wonders in the world that could be uh, in the absence of actually going anywhere that had different stuff.
0: This long blue bridge spans a green valley, 180 acres that survive unspoiled in the heart of the world's fastest-growing city, Toronto. A bridge that leads to a complex of enormous chambers scattered down the hillside and designed as incredible playrooms to intrigue young and old and attract them from the world over to the Ontario Science Centre. The Science Centre opened 54 years ago in September 1969, and it was part of the same push to create children-focused provincial institutions that also brought us TVO and Ontario Place. Proudly brandishing the word Ontario in its name, it speaks to a time that we've talked about on the show before, Mm -hmm. Jono. Provincial identity building and optimism. Ontario was ready to hit the world stage with world-class public sector attractions. The site for the Ontario Science Centre, which is kind of in midtown but a little bit to the east, was chosen um, so that the city would have a vibrant attraction that wasn't right downtown. And it's notable that, you know, it's leaving this place and it's going to a very downtown place, I guess, arguably.
1: The most downtown. It's the most li- li- down- literally on or floating above the water.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And what kind of like, a lot of people have argued is going to leave a hole in this community.
1: It is in some ways like this almost institutional bridge at the literal intersection of yeah, like Flemington Park and Side of the Don Valley and Don Mills of East York and... North York, and close to Scarborough.
0: The Design Centre was designed by Canadian architect Raymond Moriyama, who passed away last September. In a reader letter he wrote to the Toronto Star in May, which was published exactly four months before he died, Moriyama said that the building's thick concrete walls would allow it to last for more than 250 years if correct maintenance was done along the way. Uh, Moriyama also used that letter to uh, disavow Doug Ford's decision to move the facility away from there. And I just think it's interesting that, it, you know, it's probably his last public statement before he died.
1: As much as I remember the exhibits, I also remember the contours of the physical space of the building. I remember the feelings of the walls of what the place looked and sounded like
0: when you're when you're kind of deep into the thing you're like you look out the windows when you're on the escalator or like in the cafeteria and it's all like the ravine and like the natural landscape and the urban riv- uh, river forest um around you and that's so beautiful considering it's a
1: you know museum in a city they say you can't go home again but it turns out you can still buy tickets to the Ontario Science Center 22 dollars each I think. So we
0: are standing in line to buy tickets, uh, despite it being a Saturday afternoon, there are only two ticket tills uh, resulting in a pretty long line, but it's moving, uh, John was trying to procure our tickets online to see if that's faster, but actually, I don't know, we might might not be, they're moving.
1: Here is a sad, full-scale Canada arm prototype just drooped overhead.
0: And now we are following signs, large pink signs, to the shuttle bus, uh, which is required to access any of the exhibitions because the bridge, the pedestrian bridge that used to t- take you from the lobby to the actual museum is
1: broken. You know, Start start at the top, buy your tickets, go back outside, directed to a shuttle bus, a little white thing, the sort that you would rent to take a large group to a funeral or a prom.
0: The preliminary government assessment suggests that it would cost $16 million to address the safety of the bridge. Uh, So... They've closed it. However, the closures resulted in increased operating costs due to the shuttle buses and lower attendance, creating, quote, an immediate financial impact for the agency.
2: Here
1: we are in a shuttle bus, Here in Madonna traversing between the grey sky and the grey pavement along to the grey ass end of Raymond Moriamas Ontario Science Centre. Thematic coherence here.
0: No, there's no thematic coherence to this area at all, and like you can't really tell where one thing starts and another ends.
1: I so I remember this when I was a kid. It's an old original like voice synthesizer that like how machines could talk, and they could only say one word, and that word is coffee.
0: <laughs> coffee. us Rainforest Exhibit is currently closed. It does not say why. But it looks tempting out there. I know, it looks pretty.
1: We are in the Science Arcade, or the area, which is not the same area that used to be the Science Arcade, uh, sitting on a bench in a, what is essentially a black shed, watching in front of us, a bunch of ropes being tethers being swung around, showing us. I don't know what it's showing us. I didn't know when I was a kid, and I still don't know now. And I could get up there, but it is hypnotic. And I that's think what I'll be talking the Speed maybe? That, that one's going this.
0: slower, and then this one's Yeah, they're going three faster. different speeds.
1: Yeah. I feel like what's on with amplitude? Ampli- I don't know.
0: So today, as we sit here inside the Ontario Science Centre on January 13th, 2024, it's it's still a thing. There's people here. Yeah, it's... Reasonable. I would just say there's, like, a lot of en- attendees, but there's enough. Oh,
1: yeah, it's active. It's in use. It's not, like, crammed with school groups, but there are people here. And it's not... Frozen in time, like I had kind of imagined it would be. Which is both good and bad, I think.
0: Yeah, it's different than when I was here as a child, but it's bright and colourful and...
1: It's like how you would remember it in a dream, in that all the, many of the components are there, but they're in sort of transmogrified into new forms, moved into new contexts, things that were previously quasi-scientific and used to demonstrate a point about psychology are now just context-free art on the walls. Things that have been moved around that used to be in the space section because they would teach about orbits are now basically pinball games in the science arcade. And perhaps because we now begin at the bottom of the science center and work our way up, which are the areas that have been largely... Re- the areas toward the bottom of the ones being have that have been largely remodeled, It does you don't actually have the same sort of immediate visceral physical engagement with the... Brutalism of the original structure that you may have once had or we have once had. It's now, it just feels like it really could. It, it, You can understand why, okay, this does feel like it's a black, like a warehouse painted black on the interior that really could be anywhere. You understand what they mean when they're like, oh, you can shuffle, shuffle them somewhere else.
0: Yeah, totally, because it feels like you're just walking into a convention center that has a bunch of sciency toys placed all about it. Yeah, you don't feel the building. As much at all, as I recall.
1: It's because we have, once again, begin at the bottom. We used to begin at the top. Work your way down through the long escalators, dipping into the ravine, going through the long corridors, watching, you know, up and down the brutalist staircases. And now, because of this reorientation from the bottom, yeah, you don't have the same sort of engagement with the space as anything unique, let alone the landscape uh, context for it. Uh, the whole thing has, in effect, become a science arcade, as the area at the bottom used to be called. And still is called, though it, it's once again scrambled and remixed and somehow seems cheaper, but maybe it was always cheap. But at least now as an adult, I can actually read the panels, explaining the exhibits, and actually understand, like, oh, this was the point that it was trying to make to me. Now I, I, I have some insight.
0: I'm finding most of the exhibits, exhibitions, either very basic to the point that they're not really doing anything or else it's just not explained particularly well um, to the point that I'm confused. But uh, I'm willing to write that off, of, off as me not trying that hard to learn science. <laughs> or maybe the kids kids are more interested in exploring the play than I particularly am today.
1: <laughs> Things aren't as exciting to us as adults as they may have been as kids. Like uh, there's a next like we we're recording this on a bench neck adjacent to a structure. If you go inside, there is um, sound baffling. The whole point of it being, oh, it's insulated from sound on the outside. It's very quiet in here and very loud out there. Of course, as people who record podcasts, we are familiar with areas that are quieter, booths with quiet booths, rather, <laughs> that uh, insulate noise. And so, um, and also as adults, that that is not as electrifying as it might once have been
0: attendance at the Science Center has declined over the years. Um, Back in 2015, 2016, 2017, around uh, a million or just a bit less uh, people were attending each year. That number dropped to 884,000 in the year just before the pandemic. Of course, the pandemic impacted the Science Center as it had lots of other things. Attendance has was obviously close to nothing for a few years. Uh, it is apparently climbing, at least last year. Uh, numbers during uh, kind of their big days, uh, family day, March break, were higher than the pre-pandemic year. So there's interest. And, you know, I mean, as someone who is friends with lots of parents, they are always looking for things for kids to do. <laughs> and I think that this, you know, stands as an option and that is probably its biggest use case.
1: As a childless adult, I actually cannot recall the last time I was in a place with this many strollers.
0: At the end of November last fall, Infrastructure Ontario released its business case uh, that explains the rationale for shuttering the facility and setting up a new version at Ontario Place. The agency's CEO, Michael Lindsay, said the analysis proves that the building is effectively at the end of its life, and if it had received timely repairs over the years, that could have been extended, but its maintenance was routinely dropped to the bottom of Infrastructure Ontario's list under both the PCs and the Liberals'. According to the business case, the province will save $250 million by moving it over 25 years. So that's actually just $5 million a year Um, and at risk of sounding crude, uh, the province of Ontario could piss $5 million on a Tuesday morning. That is not very much money uh, to to save over that period of time. They're spending over $4 billion uh, on Volkswagen subsidies in contrast. Uh, So the amount of money it would take to get this building up to snuff is honestly very minuscule in the provincial budget sense?
1: So, I mean, if Doug Ford wanted to, Ontario could, you know, without much difficulty afford to fix up this place, bring it up to a basic standard of maintenance so that it doesn't crumble, could even update it even further, make it more appealing, attract more visitors, actually have it be this, continue to be the central hub for school groups going into the future. But as we've talked about extensively, Ontario Place, with TVO, with any number of other institutions, and it's not strictly uh, strictly attributable to Doug Ford, of course. This is you know, the neglected not most many cases. There, most cases, the neglected not simply begin five and a half years ago, but uh, things that were once built with pride uh, have been sort of left to fall apart on their own, to basically fade away in tandem with any fading sense of responsibility to a public realm, or let alone. Any sort of Ontario identity.
0: Yeah, two of the reasons that the the science center said its its attendance had been going down pre-pandemic were the Eglinton crosstown construction, which would have been going you know right through here, a little while ago, um, and a lack of a marketing budget. So they haven't been able to advertise to you know remind people that the science center is here or tell them about special exhibits. You know, when it's provincial project work that is hurting the government's att- or the facility's attendance, and then you're blaming the facility's lack of attendance for the reason that you close it. I mean, it goes in circles like everything, but that's just another kind of contradiction, or I suppose. Yeah. But Jono, have you ever considered whether moving the science center would provide a unique opportunity to maximize value for money by leveraging a single capital investment?
1: No, no, I haven't.
0: Have you considered that moving the science center to Ontario Place could help counter negative perceptions of the commercialization and privatization of the waterfront lands? Uh,
1: no. No.
0: I mean, you probably have considered that. No, I
1: have. I have. I, uh, no, I certainly have. I mean, this was back when, back when the, Thermi- the back when the, the the provincial government announced their intention for the future of Ontario Place in the summer of 2021. It was sort of divided up into this sort of four kingdoms model, like a an Avatar: Last Airbender map, where there was like Live Nation had one part, Thermae had another part. This adventure park had the bo- from Quebec had the bottom, and that's not happening now. And then the, the um, existing Trillium park would have the east. Science Center was never a part of that. At the time, I remember from the technical briefings, they very briefly mentioned, like well, you, know, in the last, you know, in response to questions, like you know, what do you plan to do with the pods in the Spherus? Like I don't know. We, maybe the Science Center kind of talked that that could be a good idea. To the extent that, to the extent there was a vision, uh, or at least a color-coded map. The Science Centre was not part of it. It was even in that context, as recently as two and a half years ago, it was very much, very much came across as an afterthought. Now it seems like, if anything, it's basically they're pushing forward to it as a substitution for the fact that whatever adventure, park, jungle, gym, swing thing they were going to have from this Quebec company ain't going ahead and they need something so that they're not just building an expanded concert theatre and a spa for adults?
0: Well, actually, what the Auditor General's report that was uh, released uh, one week after the the business case from Infrastructure Ontario, which was clearly the, the government was trying to get ahead of the Auditor General's report by timing it that way. The Auditor General found that the idea to move the Science Centre to Ontario Place They'd actually been considering it and like quietly planning on it since August 2020, um, which was kind of just a few months after they started dealing with Thermae, but they did not announce that publicly. They, they, as Jono said, kind of teased the concept that maybe the Science Centre would have some sort of role at Ontario Place and kind of gave it a like, maybe, but it turns out behind the scenes, they were planning on doing this the whole time, uh, moving it, and they were just leaving everyone out of the loop on that. And by everyone, I don't just mean, you know, journalists who go to technical briefings, they were leaving the city of Toronto, which owns this land, um, completely out of the the picture, the Auditor General said they misled the city officials. To lead them to believe that the province was only looking at the possibility of incorporating science of programming at Ontario Place, not relocating the facility. They didn't tell the Toronto Regional Conservation Authority, which which is what technically owns this land. They didn't tell them at all. And they also didn't tell or ask a single school board, which are the school trips are 25 represent 25% of the attendance here to the facility. They didn't ask a single school board official whether, I don't know, can you take your kids on the bus to the Ontario place? Is that harder for you? Will more kids go? Will less kids go? They didn't consult school boards at all. Nonetheless, then the last, Kinga Surma, the infrastructure minister, told reporters on the day that Auditor General report came out that it was actually the most consulted on site in Ontario's history.
1: Which is probably not true. No, it doesn't seem like it. It's a very, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a very Doug Ford style um, lie where you could just say, even, you know, that there's been a lot of consultation. That's still probably bullshit. But to, you know, go that extra step and just, offer a manifestly false statement. as a real don't give a shit energy.
0: I mean, if I consulted on, it means they like paid for some third party just studies that they didn't release contemporaneously. They did do that. Um, and one of them that the, that the auditor general looked at found that local attendance will actually go down if the site is moved. So that's You know, people in Toronto, people in Scarborough, people in the nearby suburbs, uh, fewer of them will attend the science center if it moves, but more tourists who are visiting the city and staying in hotels allegedly will. And, you know, on that note, I just point out, you know, another, another example of like one part of the government doing one thing while the other one is not paying attention is that The traffic is, you know, so bad on the Lakeshore and the Gardner Expressway in Toronto uh, throughout much of the year, particularly in the summer, that Metrolinx last spring decided to change and reroute and cancel a bunch of go buses that would get to the Union Station bus depot, go to and from there, because the traffic was so bad that they couldn't Run them uh, reliably. So, you know, on one hand, I know that Ontario Place and the Union Station are not in the same place, but they're, you know, they require the same roads. And the fact that you know Metrolinx is saying there's too much traffic to even run buses here, while the uh, infrastructure minister is like, we should definitely send lots of school buses to more or less the exact same place. Is, yeah.
1: How recently were they still arguing that the point of the Ontario subway line was to link Ontario Place to the Ontario Science Centre? Like, how, how, how long ago were they still using the, the terminus of, of the Science Centre as a selling point?
0: I mean, that, was, that is the point. That's why it's called that. We've talked about it before, right? I mean, I, I don't think they talk about that all that much, but that doesn't mean it wasn't like why it was built, you know, designed that way.
1: No, I know. But I wonder, like, would, there be, would there have been an overlap between them working on trying to remove the Science Centre at the same time, another part of the government was openly advocate was openly you know, boasting about it, providing a link to the Science Centre. Yeah.
0: Well, and the Eglinton LRT, uh, which, you know, might be done someday, there's a station stop right near here called the Ontario Science Centre Station, uh, which, assumably, I guess, renaming that might be part of the... Maybe that's what's slowing down the uh, opening date.
2: <laughs> this show is sponsored by Better Help, therapy online that has served over 3 million people around the world. And Better Help is available here in Canada. A lot of people have various blocks or reasons why they don't just reach out for that help. And one thing you'll hear people say is they just don't have the time. I would like to mount a different uh, argument here, which is that if you are talking to a mental health professional, if you're, if you're, chatting with somebody about your life and about your priorities, you can clear away a lot of the clutter. You can actually find yourself with more time because you have a better sense of what's important to you. Like it's an investment that can pay off even in that practical way of of organizing your life a bit better. These are some of the advantages in, in the long run of having something like BetterHelp in your life. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health and because you listen to the show, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash Once again, it's betterhelp.com slash Canada Land.
1: I'm glad to see the George Rhodes kinetic sculpture still here. Large orange thing with balls. When I used to call it the ball machine. So we're up in the space exhibit, and we came here, we wanted to talk about the future of the Science Center. We thought it would be, you know, space, the final frontier, pointing, the exhibit's all pointing towards a great future of broader knowledge and space travel. But ironically, it's part of the Science Center we've seen so far that seems to be the most frozen in time, very much stuck in the circa the mid-90s, last mid-90s revision to it. Um,
0: These photos of um, nebula and galaxies, galaxies that were us. surrounded by, yeah, are um, not very high res. Let's put it that way.
1: They, yeah, they some of them, but not all of them, reflect uh, the latest in stellar, in stellar photography.
0: It does have a nice mood, though. I'll give it that. I like how dark it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's the no way this is going, right. There's no way this would be coming to the to the to Ontario place.
0: And the centerpiece of it, the planetarium, planetarium. is... Uh,
1: not open. Not open. On the open. little whiteboard where they would write showtimes, it just says closed in green Sharpie with no indication of when it will open next or when it was open last.
0: Much like the TELUS rainforest exhibit and the bridge that gets you here.
1: In a way, this does reflect... this, this what we thought with the future is actually almost more about the past. It reflects almost in optimism of the 90s, an idea when things could get better, maybe we could travel further into space, perhaps even as a public project. (laughs) Um, Right, as opposed to a couple billionaires that just need to uh, burn, find a way to burn all their money. (laughs) Yeah, we can expand the edges of human knowledge and now we can't even figure out how to fix a bridge.
0: What was that documentary that they were playing here? Oh,
1: there's a documentary uh, upstairs on the Max Theater. It's called Dream Big, Engineering Our World, uh, made in partnership with the American Society of Civil Engineers.
0: Can they fix the bridge? It's
1: narrated by Jeff Bridges. Okay,
0: Bridges, right. (laughs) Beautiful irony. The Future Science Centre, the one they're going to build into the the five pods at Ontario Place, is going to be 45% smaller than this building, which is... Very significant uh, difference. And they're also planning on laying off employees and are being pretty transparent about that. The government's business case budgets for severance packages. Uh, one-time one-time spending on uh, severance packages for about 15% of the workforce, although they leave the door open to the fact that uh, actual further reductions uh, might be necessary.
1: Yeah, we haven't seen many employees around here
0: though. No. Other than the people that took our tickets and drove our shovel and the woman in the cafeteria that sold me this bottle of water I really haven't seen anybody.
1: Uh, well there was like, I did I, do, I think you maybe in the washer I did see a guy in a lab coat wheeling around a, a skeleton presumably a fake skeleton wearing a bow tie that, the skeleton was, was wearing a bow tie not the guy in the lab coat Pr- presumably he's part of a demonstration of um, how, how dapper skeletons can be.
0: I wish I saw that. Just last week, the province issued a tender for the design of the new facility at Ontario Place. I'm assuming it's like for the lobby and stuff because, I mean, the pods already exist. So I don't know how much architecture is required. I mean, the fact they hired architects doesn't really matter. In Other than the fact that I think it's just more proof that the, the government, when it comes to everything to do with Ontario Place... Um, and now by extension, the science center, they're just like moving at such a rapid clip, like a steam engine or something. Like they're just, you know, everything else they do, um, they don't do fast. And with this, they just, you know, they, they can't
1: be stopped. It's like almost a concerning level of enthusiasm. Like normally they move the pace of like a landlord that you want to fix a, a, an issue. Like, you know, you kind of like... You, Often they'll have to keep like poking them again and again to get get it to the inch along. But they're instead more, more moving like the pace of a landlord that is anxiously, you know, taking measurements to build a new condo on the property. And you don't know what the future of the place is going to be.
0: And I've said this on past episodes, but I, I think it really, you know, I keep just wanting to hammer this out. This building which I think is probably the closest thing to like a bunker, the potential bunker that we have uh, in the city of Toronto, at least that we know about, probably secret bunkers, that's built to last, made of very thick concrete. The government is telling us is at the end of its life and can't be rehabilitated, while at the same time telling us that the, the Therma Spa, which is going to be a glass dome on the edge of the lake, will actually last for 95 years and be able to operate that long. Uh, whereas this is, you know, just just past 50. It doesn't make sense. Sorry, does not. Yeah, I
1: mean, assuming that there are still television shows made 50 years in the future, I suspect the Therma Spa will end up as a, much like uh, the Ontario Place Pods and the Science Center itself, end up as a location for a for a scene shot in a post-apocalyptic society. You, you're probably right. Yeah, it's weird. I haven't been to the Science Center all so long, but I feel like I have via Station Eleven, where they build their post-collapse uh, society in what, what is portrayed as a mid-sized Michigan airport. And similarly, the Ontario Place pods. I haven't been last, by my most recent memory what they look like inside is via the second or third episode of Star Trek: Exchange in New Worlds.
0: So, what's going to happen to the Ontario Place building in the future? I think there's maybe potential that i don't know how they haven't said when they're going to close it i think there's a potential that if the liberals win the next election they maybe would save it and put money into it but that's certainly far from certain and you know i think a lot of times what governments do is push things so far past the point of no return that it's too expensive or hard to to undo them so I wouldn't fully bet on that in any case. The city of Toronto after the gov- the province announced that they'd be shutting it in the last last spring, the the city voted in the summer to like study whether they could use it as a community center or something like that. So there's a a possible life for it there. I'm sure it could be a community center, but it's a little bit hard to access and probably maintain, honestly, like keep all these escalators running and stuff. So that's unclear. And the other piece is that the Toronto Region Conservation Authority, which owns the land that this is on, uh, currently leases it to the province for $1 a year, but um, on the basis that it is a science center. The, the land the Science Hunter is actually on because it's in this ravine, like, can't be developed into anything else, really. But the plot of land that houses its parking lots, that is likely a housing opportunity Um a third-party consulting firm hired by Infrastructure Ontario suggested it could be built into 2,000 to 3,000 units of housing. So cue the developers, baby. We're just back at the, <laughs> the same scandals over and over again. I'm sure this will be one in the future.
1: Another curious element of the space, because, it is, because it's all dimly lit anyway, it's sometimes hard to tell what's actually working as it's supposed to and what's not. I stuck my head, my eyes into this people area. It's very dark. Little white specks. Maybe it's supposed to be space. Or maybe it's just not working. I really don't know. Attention
2: all fine center visitors. The center will be closing in fifteen minutes. Please make your way to the main entrance. We hope you've enjoyed your visit and that we'll see you again soon.
0: And that was like the Doug a podcast about how we went from space shuttles to this shuttle bus. We just wanna wanna add one addendum. We did point out that many things were closed while we were in the Science center today. We were told the rainforest only closed like three days ago cause something broke and it should be open again by the end of the week. And also that they're trying to have a planetarium open by the spring and we'll have some temporary planetariums here for family day weekend. While it is true that all those things were closed and had no explanation, we asked around and they'll mostly be open again. So don't not come here because we said that.
1: I'm Jonathan Goldsby and you can find me on Blue Sky at what I don't know, Goldsby and something or other. And occasionally hosting Shortcuts, which is the media criticism show that comes out Thursdays on the main candleland feed.
0: I'm Allison Smith and you can find me on Twitter at, at Queen's Park Today.
1: Our producer is Katie Lore, and uh, Jofo is our managing editor, and Karen Pugliese is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is, as always, a remix by Nathan Burley.
0: Our podcast is listener-supported. Go to canadaland.com slash join to help us keep this podcast going. You can listen ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?